0: McGrath comes in, it's on its way, it's there! The miracle of grass! Going with a kick to full forward, Cloak, not quite, Blair, Collingwood, back in front, the seed, he delays the give, Franklin, this is of the afl season really had everything you could want as a fan if you want to see offense you got that if you want to see crazy close games buzzer beaters after the siren stuff you absolutely got that if you want to see great defense I'm not sure if you necessarily got that I would say he's more just really atrocious offense in some of these games but you know we got really um, if you're still wanting more from this round and uh, besides your team giving a win is the same boat with you um, uh, stop bitching because we don't really need to but <laughs> ladies and gentlemen the Gold Coast Suns bandwagon is in full swing and I am hating it of course I'm your host Ross Allen joined alongside by the best in the business coach Donnie Hess our official AFL correspondent and coach how are are we feeling after it was a great round for you personally as a fan? And just a great round, and another great round to be a fan, honestly. Probably top three most exciting rounds, arguably.
1: It's it's definitely it's definitely up there for intrigue. I'll, I will definitely say that because you had you mm-hmm. had a little bit of everything. You had you had the marquee matchup. You had the Geelong Melbourne yeah, game did. to start the week. You had you had kind of what some people would call the the chance of elimination um, a match between Sydney and the Western Bulldogs. You had the scare of a life. You had the scare of the lifetime in the Collingwood game. You had the buzzer. You had the you had the kick after the sirens. It was a little bit of everything. So this round was absolutely incredible. As soon as as soon as I kind of thought, okay, normalization, normal normal round might continue, then all, all heck broke loose again each and every day. So fantastic round of footy. The ladder just keeps getting as tight as a frog's bottom, and most people that know that joke that a, a frog's bottom is watertight. So man, is this ladder going to be quite interesting.
0: Now, correct me uh, if I'm wrong, like I usually am. But was it, it might have been a while? But was this a uh, Gold Coast game the first um, game winner after after the siren kick? No, is this is not. The, and the
1: crazy part about it is this is the second time it's happened. Second time it's happened to Richmond. <laughs> Carmichael That's Carmichael right. Hunt for Jalon for Gold Coast beat Richmond in basically about the same similar fashion. Gold Coast run comes back late in the game, gets a chance to kick, go off to the siren, and then as we saw this week, Noah Anderson is the is the one yep. with his name going down in the record books and I'll talk about it a little bit in the headlines. <laughs> there's a little bit of there's a little almost irony in, in the winner a little bit. Um, I'll talk about that here in the headlines here in just a second.
0: Oh, I love that. But, ladies and gentlemen, what we got for you guys this round is taking a look at a team that might not even be able to make the top four at this point, a team that is definitely on their way to a flag. Um, maybe, maybe not. I might be getting a little bit ahead of myself there. But, you know, let's stay hype nonetheless. There is some potentially damning news coming out of Sydney, but also there's a mountain of salt to go, to go a lot um, right alongside it due to... Um, published the story so we'll get to that one um north has moved on from david noble and is just uh making things even worse as a gold uh or as a gws fan and we're going to take a look at some of the worst performances and some of the best performances and some of the biggest redemption arcs of the round so far but before we get into Coach Donnie's headlines, of course, you can make sure to find all of our stuff over at long.com. everything AFL, long.com, forward slash AFL. We're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that fun stuff. I could keep talking for hours, and you'll hate me more than you already do. Um, so go ahead, just find that wherever if you get the chance You subscribe and all that fun stuff if you really want to, um, if you want to be stuck with us. Huge thank you in advance. But Coach, it's time. Headline time, baby. What you got for us?
1: Oh man so so let's just let's just go off at the head the headlines man there were some fun ones there there was absolutely fantastic we'll start off first first game of the round provided us a big one Jalon gets big win over D's to take the top spot on the ladder and, and and I I must admit this this game was a little bit of of a roller coaster for me because you you look at it everybody kind of thought melbourne was back everybody kind of thought melbourne was playing good footy and they step up against the geelong team down a gmhba and they kind of handed the smacketh down on a, a d's team that now there's questions like legitimately there are questions they're back will the, will, will the d's stay in the top four now because their run home is not simple there's a lot of teams that could be quite dangerous to them if they get on a roll so it'd be very fascinating and then
0: I might be th- spoiling something, but, you know, watch out for our tips a little bit later in the show <laughs> as well, because no team is safe this round. Donnie, we could be seeing some insane upsets
1: very much. So in and, and, and the good old cats, and like, and like I hate saying it because they're not old. They're just experienced because the cats are at the top of the <laughs> ladder and now they have got a lot, a lot of people talking cats premiership potentially because if if their opportunities to play most of the games at home they're playing really good footy i mean it's hard to beat the dynamic duo of tommy hawkins and jeremy cameron up front so the Cats got a lot of belief now so i'm very fascinated to see how that goes we jump to friday night sydney dominates dogs putting the dogs finals chances in the doghouse. i'm not trying to go pun <laughs> here but legitimately uh, this nice. really this this really i I've seen a lot more people talk about the dogs' lack of play more than the Sydney's better than Sydney's better play. So it's very interesting, kind of how you how dichotomy for a lot of people. Uh, do you mm-hmm. take this as Sydney was just that good, it made the dogs look normal, or were the dogs' meager performance the reason that Sydney looked really really good? I'm kind of in that boat. I'm kind of uh, 50-50. I think Sydney came out, and they even. which shocked me that the dogs weren't ready for Sydney to come out breathing fire after the pathetic performance against Essendon, which which left Sydney with loss. You're 100 right
0: about uh, your take on Sydney in this game from last round.
1: (laughs) We we kept saying it. I said, Horace Longmire is going to give them a mighty spray, and they're going to come out with their tails up, and they're going to come out breathing fire. And that first 15 minutes, it was like Western Bulldogs did not expect it. It was was the most fascinating thing ever to see a dogs team that you would have thought had been warned, Sydney's going to come out breathing fire. You better be ready with your fire retardant suit or you're going to get burned and (laughs) (laughs) charred to a crisp. They were in that first quarter, absolutely plastered them. And the dogs really just could never bounce back from then on. So it was a very interesting Mm -hmm. kind of game, in my opinion, because, again, there's more questions now on the doggies than there is on positives on the Sydney. So it would be very interesting to see how this next round goes, especially with the doggies performance. And then I, we've kind of discussed it. Upsets and close calls dominate the weekend. Collingwood survived the North Melbourne ruse, which even, yeah. even I must say, watching that game over and replay, I couldn't believe what I was watching. The fact the that ruse, Collingwood man. for three quarters was getting beaten up by the North Melbourne ruse, who, as we had kind of said in this podcast, they were a guaranteed four points for the longest time. And oh my gosh, it was like Collingwood just went, Whoa. Okay. And and the fourth quarter, they woke up, they started playing better. They get Mm -hmm. the win, but you almost feel bad for North because that was their perfect chance to kind of get a stabilizing win for the season. And it just, they just fell apart in the, in, in the last hurdle Collingwood again, showing that kind of championship caliber. They find a way to win when they probably shouldn't have, shouldn't have. So that was very fascinating. Um, The Gold Coast after the after the siren goal, which for all of the non-Richmond fans, it was the most epic thing ever because. Kick so cool. goal after the goal after the siren. I mean, I think everybody's mm-hmm. seen the video of the little kid in the Gold Coast that the That was recorded. amazing.
0: Don. Can we talk about that? one? That, for a that second? was absolutely that little man was going crazy. Well, I love it.
1: And as I and as I said in a couple of my tweets and I've seen a lot of people respond the same way is that I think we've all been through that emotional roller coaster, whether it's been in footy or in other sports, it's like you're so excited that you've got a chance to win but you're 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 like oh my god i can't believe it but there's still a chance you could not win so mm-hmm. you can see just the agony and then the elation when the ball goes through, he grabs his flag. He's so excited, he actually grabs the wrong end, which is absolutely <laughs> just gold. And then when he gets it, he waves that sucker as hard as he possibly can. You, you, you absolutely love that, like legit. They need to bring him
0: on the field to They, they need him to run them onto the field next game.
1: <laughs> that would be absolutely great. But I love that video. But that just that just shows you the passion, and, and you want to see more of that. You want to see more young men, young women excited about the Gold Coast Suns because if you can get a loyal fan base there, you've got a chance to have a really good team and they've got legitimately have a team That could be a finals contender. They could get there, but they just have to get, they have to have a few things go their way. They're still in it, Mm -hmm. both of them in port. I think this weekend, because of Richmond, because of St. Kilda, and because of the Western Bulldogs all losing, they have now been dragged into that opportunity. I think we talked about it last podcast that it could have been down to only nine teams when it comes to making the finals. We're almost up to twelve now because of this that. This round loss. was huge. That loss brings Richmond now there's only a game difference between Richmond between Richmond all the way down to Gold Coast. So there's a ton of things and then We'll we'll go over it really quickly because because of our host here, Port Thump GWS, in, in what was an absolutely an absolutely horrible game for the for the Giants and losing Phil Davis to that tragic um, hamstring injury. My thoughts go out to him. I really hope this isn't his career over, but potentially there's a possibility, considering he already destroyed one hamstring and in this play mm-hmm. he destroyed the other one. Mm-hmm. So. Being 35, being towards, I'm just, I'm really, really worried. This could be the end of the man that is Phil Davis, an incredible gentleman in the game and a respected man in the game. So uh, kind of mired a little bit, but Port Adelaide, I mean, legitimately, if you are a team in the top eight, you don't want to face this Port Adelaide team because they are humming. And the scary part is they still don't have their main Ruckman. Scott Lysett is still not back from his shoulder injury. Yet Jeremy Finlayson has been just this magical surprise being in the Rock, but his ability... Has he been one of the
0: most like, um, I I think his impact on the field, especially given that he's really playing out of position in a way, um, he might be one of the more underrated guys. uh, Maybe it's just because of the position where Port Alley is in when it comes to the ladder, but I think... Think I'm glad you bring him up because he's a guy that really needs a little bit more credit for his um, for any team's success. It's coming a lot from Finlayson. Yeah,
1: you know, comeback play, comeback player of the year. As some people, some people could say, is there's there's so many good stories. You've got Doherty at the at, at the Saints or at, at the Blues. You got Patty McCartan with the Sydney Swans, and then you've got Jeremy Finlayson, who last year just I mean could not find his way onto the park at gws and he goes back he goes back to south australia and he's found his niche and surprise yes. me, it's not in the forward line it's in the ruck <laughs> position so it, it's really really fascinating so again port and the gold coast suns right now it's like if, if you're if, if you're supporting a team that's outside you're not gonna make the finals you almost want a bandwagon for these two because they've definitely got a shot and they are with they are within a shout of getting into this finals considering right now between eighth and 12th there is a one game difference four points is it so
0: you guys are more than welcome to jump yet. on the you guys are more than welcome to jump on the gold coast bandwagon with me i've been trying to get this <laughs> you know, the wheels spinning um since last season even though there wasn't a reason to spin them last year you know well there's a couple but this year's, there's, there's definitely a lot more. So go ahead, join me, I'll head it. It'll be super fun. Um, join the Gold Coast. Uh, at least, uh, over here stateside, I'll, I'll head that one. I'm not sure. There might be a Aust- uh, an, uh, over there that, that headed a little bit harder than I have. Um, but you guys, go ahead, you know, um, If you were listening last season, you know I I would talk about them every round, even when they might not have deserved it. Um, But uh, keep Collingwood and North Melbourne in your heads, because we're going to be talking about them later, as well as the Gold Coast Suns. uh, We're going to get that in a second. Um, But one of the things that I wanted to ask you, Donnie, before we got on to our overreactions of the round, and that is, you know what, there is one thing on my on my head that I was trying to debate with and um I think you might build the one to give me the answer here. Okay. And is that let's see how do I want to phrase this. Is it is it you know what, I think I'll just say um is this the best Geelong team we've seen in the past decade?
1: Ooh That's tough because Geelong had some damn good teams there. Mm-hmm. In the mm-hmm. early two thousands. Now that's a little bit more than ten years. I, I, you're talking seven and eleven. Yeah. It's hard it's hard not to say that because they're they're so experienced, they're so talented, and again, they just beat Melbourne without their best defender and Tom Stewart. That's that's the other thing that I, I find fascinating about that game is that
0: And it they, really could have been much more of a blow if you take a look at how many yep. damn behinds Geelong kicked in this one well, too. It's
1: it, and, and the crazy part of and the crazy part about that game is the fact is that, that was Melbourne actually played pretty well. They, they still are mm-hmm. having their issues going forward, and I think right now that is that is the one thing that scares me. If I'm a demon supporter, the one thing that scares me is their lack of cohesion going forward. The, the, the mm-hmm. superstars in back, superstars in midfield, but once they hit inside fifty, it's it's kind of barren right now. I mean, Fritz Fritz is playing well, but Fritz didn't have a very good game. Conzie Pickett again is kind of like night and day. He has he has his times when he's absolutely electric. He's he's scoring goals, and then there's games where he disappears, and, and doesn't make an impact on the game. And then Ben Brown, unfortunately, has just he has not worked like he did last year. Last year he mm-hmm. was the stabilizing factor that really kind of got the D's going in the second half of the year and got them on their run to win the win the flag last year. And he's just not there. McDonald mm-hmm. is out hurt. Wiederman can't get a game, so.
0: So just, does that discredit Geelong's win here?
1: I don't think it discredits just Geelong's because I think it's a little bit of Geelong's defense has just been very, very, very good this year. And, and, and again, without their best player too, to have that type of performance to take a Melbourne team that can put up points really quickly and to hold them, to, I think with 63 points altogether. And without Tommy Stewart, it, it kind of tells you Geelong is... Could be even scarier. Once Tommy, when, when Stewart comes back, like that, that's how mm-hmm. scary this, like there are people that are jumping off the Melbourne bandwagon and jumping onto the Geelong Premiership wagon now, like the, the Geelong Premiership wagon is growing because of this performance against Melbourne. i I'm still a little hesitant on that because again, Geelong is notorious for getting into the finals. And then finding a way to fall over a hurdle on the way there, like, like, so or
0: to make it to the grand final, then not be close. Exactly. So that's,
1: that's kind of like, so I'm one of those that, and it's almost kind of, I've heard this status said a lot over here is it? there's two seasons. There's the regular season or home and away. And then there's the finals. Mm -hmm. it is a completely different animal. Like you almost kind of say the only thing that the regular season or home and away season is there for is to seed for the finals. That's really it. Because yep. once you step into finals, it is a completely different animal. It is a completely mm-hmm. different game. It is a completely Everyone's different thing. He's- yeah. So, it, so it's very fascinating. So, again, this is right now playing for who gets home. Who gets home field advantage? Again, I, I say asterisk because, again, in. in, in let me, can you, your lungs let
0: me, screwed. me
1: <laughs> Well, no, let, let me bring this topic up and, and I promise I'll make this super, super okay. quick. As I hear a lot of people <laughs> talking about integrity, integrity, integrity because of the Brisbane Lions game against Essendon where they were out nine players. And now I, all of a sudden they're like, well, COVID's a possibility. What about the integrity of the finals if somebody gets COVID? All due respect again and this this is me to this is me to Australians and again and maybe this is my american brain i i don't notice, i don't think of it the same way you do stop talking about integrity when you forced Geelong to play home games at the MCG against Collingwood Richmond or Melbourne i'm sorry i'm going to say this and i'm going to say this very very loud and i hope this gets spread in with australia so australians if you see this clip this video and send this to the big AFL to the big AFL programs. Stop talking about integrity when half of your comments about integrity are bull. They're bollocks. They're buggered up because Geelong doesn't get to play its home games at its home stadium. I understand that the AFL wants to make money 100% understand that, but stop screwing a club because they have a smaller ground. And they have a home field advantage just because you want a hundred thousand at the MCG. Stop talking about integrity. Stop talking about it because the con- the league in and of itself. Is not in, does not have integrity by the way it is scheduled and by the way it is by the way it is adjudicated at times. So I, I'm really kind of tired of this. We're not even at the finals yet, and I'm already irritated because people are like, "Well, COVID could throw the integrity." I'm sorry, the 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 22 game home and away schedule doesn't have a lot of integrity because people are playing home games in a road environment at another team's home ground. How is that integrity? Come on, I'm sorry. So, let me get. I, I just wanted to get that off my chest. I, I heard Hell that yeah. talk so much this week because of the Brisbane Lions thing with the, with the the eight COVID people out, and then another three injuries. They had nine. and was it nine people missing from their starting lineup from the previous round? So I just it does my head in that you're talking integrity stop talking about integrity because your 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 conference schedule your home and away season is buggered because there's no integrity because teams like Geelong have to play a home game at the MCG against Richmond that is not integrity that is I'm going to stop <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know all i got to say about that one is the audience myself included is extremely lucky this round because we didn't have to wait until halfway into the show for Soapbox Donnie to come out. We got that within (laughs) the first 20 minutes of this thing, and... Yeah, I mean, for, on behalf of Donny, you guys are welcome, because this is one of Donny's best forms right here. You gotta, and cl- one you gotta thing clip that. that. You gotta 100- got clip that. <laughs> what do you think I'm gonna do? What do you think I took notes on just now? I took the timestamp of when that happened, because that is going everywhere, everywhere my friend. FOX footy is getting added because you have someone that's... At- that's better than most of the stuff you put out. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like, can I, we I had, use I had, had, my, I yeah, had yeah. my
1: fun with Kingy this week, too. I was screaming at my iPad. <laughs> I was screaming at my iPad at first crack sure because Here of we some go. Of the here's things our one Kingy minute
0: um, anti-Victorian media segment or, or not even mandated mandated anti-Victorian anti-Victorian.
1: It's, it's not even anti-Victorian media. It's just media saying stuff and then contradicting themselves like I. They they had the discussion on Jake Ginnivan and, they was, and, and Kingy, Kingy was like, "Well, it's a skill set. It's not a skill set to drop your knees and try to draw a free kick. I mean, it's it's not a skill set. That's just called it's just called not being able to play the game." Like I understand it's it's intelligent. I really really do. But don't complain about the the league not doing anything about head injuries, but complimenting a guy for putting himself in an opportunity to get a head injury, because if you, you lower your say, knees oh, oh, and you oh, get you slugged in the head. Like I, like, I legitimately agree. They should adjudicate it out of the game. Stop paying it. If he drops to his knees, that's that's your opportunity lost. You got tackled. That's holding the ball. He'll stop doing it. It'll go out of the game, and you won't have to worry about head injuries. So it's like, uh
0: All we're saying is uh, be consistent, and if you're inconsistent, recognize that inconsistency, and then you're all good. You're yeah, all pretty much good. Be consistent in your
1: inconsistency
0: hey <laughs> that that's that's where i go right there but in speaking about making bold claims for headlines um that the victorian media does quite often we're not even getting to that part yet because just wait until we get to our storylines here in a couple seconds when it comes to uh, one Lance Franklin. But we're going to roll on into our overreactions for round 17. For those that don't know how this segment works, I got a few statements for Donnie that I'm going to throw at him. And it's up to him to determine whether or not this is an overreaction or not. Is this an overreaction or is there actually some truth to the statement? And starting us off, man, let's let's... Are, are we back on the Flag Mantle train? I, I, I'm kind of confused with this whole <laughs> hype trick because, like, it's like, you know, Picking flies, you know, the, the uh loves me, loves me not kind of stuff where you just go back and forth the whole time. Every round feels like Flag Mantle, no Flag Mantle, Flag Mantle, no Flag Mantle. But apparently this round, we're back on Flag Mantle because statement number one, Donnie, <laughs> Fremantle made the biggest statement out of any team this round.
1: Oh, I, I I absolutely love the Fremantle fans. You got you guys are absolutely amazing. I love your. I'm passion. not making fun
0: of you guys. I love you. You guys I, are great. I really You're do, some do, of like, legi- like
1: legitimately, like I I'm I'm gonna I hate these rounds when when we when when Sydney plays Fremantle because I have so many great <laughs> mates that are that are Fremantle fans, and I like I I, res- I respect you. It's absolutely awesome what you guys are doing. It's amazing. But I'm going to say overreaction on this because honestly, I don't think it was Fremantle because the St Kilda team has had a lot of questions. Has, has mm-hmm. they've been inconsistent? They haven't played well. I, I'm going to go back to kind of the team that I did my soapbox on. It's got to be Geelong. What Geelong did to Melbourne, who uh, again, many people are still there are still a lot of people that are on the mel- that are saying Melbourne is still going to win the flag. Melbourne they're they're, they're getting their they're getting their malaise of their season out now and then they'll pick it up and go into the finals. Again, do I fully believe that? We'll have to see. Again, there's still a ton of footies still left to be played. There's still six rounds before the finals. But for me, it's Geelong because what they did was not something that normally happens because most of the wins that happened against Melbourne were without Stephen May. This mm-hmm. was with Stephen May in the game and without Tommy Stewart how that that's super impressive for me because without your best defender and you really kind of hand Melbourne, they're behind for a good portion of this game. Mm -hmm. For me, it's Geelong. Like again, Fremantle, it's an impressive win over a St. Kilda team. But again, it's an impressive team over a team that might not even play finals this year. So it's, it, it it, it takes it away a little bit. Now St. Kilda is fifth. And they do what they did to them. Then it's a little more impressive. Then I maybe lean Mm -hmm. a little bit more. But what Geelong did in a one versus two matchup, that's impressive. So I'm going to say this is an overreaction for Fremantle because I think Geelong had the best performance of the weekend.
0: And if there's anyone that's uh, tuning in, that's like a couple of the commenters we got over on Instagram. Of course, you can find all of our social media at fourth along media on Twitter and Instagram. You can find coach Daniel over at coach has 40 on both platforms as well. He's actually posting courtesy of me really, but you know, I won't take too much credit for you. uh, Although really we have to get when it comes to social media, we just have to give your wife all the credit because she is a genius when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, But of course. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, there we go. I, I
0: got you. I I love it. I love it. Um, well, well deserved one. So we'll give her plenty of uh, plenty of praise here. Uh, but if you're like a couple of the commenters that t- took a look at you know, I put out that post asking who made the biggest statement around. A couple people said Essendon. Um and obviously um, you can you can break the argument there just because of where they where they are on the ladder compared to where Brisbane is on the ladder. It's quite the difference. It's it's quite a steep hike up there. But at the same time, um. Uh, I guess we could give Essen the credit, not for necessarily what they do on the field, but just because, apparently, I think Essendon is cursed because every team they've been playing recently is just hit with the most bizarre um, circumstance and situation when it comes to this, when it comes to performance. Uh, it, it, they just create the perfect storm to, to pull a win out of there, you know what. Um, so, we'll give Essendon that credit. I'm necessarily go- not going to um, you know, really go all in that Essendon is back because they um, also... Maybe some questions about Brisbane as well, because that's uh, somehow apparently worked out great. Because that, that's not even intentional, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just that good with my segways. Because statement <laughs> number two, guys, Brisbane will not make the top four.
1: Oh, oh boy, I, I love this. I love this question because it, it does really make you think. Because again, the Brisbane Lions it's lost really to Essendon. Close. Like, like I like I respect some of the people saying Essendon with a great performance, but again, there's. I, I hate grain of salting it, and I hate saying it that way, but <laughs> Brisbane got hammered this week. They had six mm-hmm. guys out with COVID. They had three guys out with injury. so nine guys that had started the previous game were out of this game. It was nearly a secondary team, and Essendon only won by 10. So playing a secondary team, only winning by 10, I, I'm, I'm a little... I'm, I'm not on that bandwagon. Brisbane making the... Brisbane not making the four. Well... I don't think this is an overreaction because Brisbane, again, they they've done this before. They've had lulls late in the season and they sometimes go into the finals a little bit. Eh. So mm-hmm. we'll have to see. Mm-hmm. And then just just really quickly, is I have to I have to look because I have to see who they're playing. And it, it's they aren't getting a light schedule to go into the finals. This is <laughs> this is their run home. Okay, they get GWS this week, which again I don't think is an easy matchup because if they still have COVID issues, GWS has the talent and the skill to be able to give them headaches yeah. so I, i'm gonna i'm gonna say it right now keep an eye on on this one this is well they have all the talent skill to
0: give me headaches weekly so uh, maybe they well, could do that to it as well. it, it,
1: it's gonna be a theme when we get to tipping that i'm i'm There's several tips that I I, I will honestly say I came close to tipping upsets because there's a lot of games that really scream upset potentially for me. But here's this. After GWS, they get the Gold Coast Suns, which again, not an easy matchup, especially the Richmond Tigers right after that at the MCG, Carlton St. Kilda, Melbourne. That is their final five games of the season. They are not going home in an easy matchup here. So there's a really good possibility. Just looking at the schedule, they may not make the four. So I don't think this is an overreaction at all because their schedule is difficult. They're fighting with COVID right now and who knows how quickly they'll they'll bounce back from that. Plus they still got some injuries to key players like Zorko and, and Rich who should be back this week. They're still not 100% sure if they both will be back or not. So yeah, I don't think this is an overreaction. I think Brisbane... It, it, is a little bit kind of teetering on the falling out of the top four.
0: Lance fans, don't get too nervous because it's, um, yeah, yeah, that, that, um, obviously, I haven't done um, the full comparison, given you know um, with ladder spots for the rest of the schedule. But I'm just going to go ahead and educate the guys on them. Brisbane has to have one of the toughest ones of any team, well, they're, uh, they're especially fourth. those last three they're games. Four, they're
1: fourth, and they're fourth. tied okay. with Carlton and Collingwood. And Carlton's one of the teams they have to play. And then you have Sydney at four, only one game back at forty, and then Richmond yeah. at thirty-six, who they also have to play. So and St Kilda who they also have to play is also at 36. So it's not like they're sitting here with an easy run home and yep. with again with this really compressed ladder with 1 through 3 all at 48, 4 through 6 all at 44, 7th at 40 and 8th at 36. From there's only a two game difference between 1st and 8th. That's it. You know, so, I also
0: just love that there's only a four game difference between number 1 and number 12. That's um, that's really fun right there. I hope you know. Um, I'll bring back, uh, I guess, apparently a catchphrase: scratch for chaos" at the end of the season, ladies and gentlemen. Um, especially for all those that are in my um, boat, where your team is nowhere near making the finals, and one of the very few ones that's actually out of the finals contention um, at the moment. Um, just go ahead, root for me. Hope that everything. And everything everything great and everything bad happens all at the same time. And we just lose (laughs) our minds and everyone gets screwed over. And everyone also gets praised. So um, I I think that that would be enjoyable. Um, But that brings us to our last statement. Because one of the teams tied. um, They're just right outside of the ladder. Is the Gold Coast Suns. The Gold Coast Suns that just got arguably the biggest win of the entire club's history up to this point donny let's go let's 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 circle the bandwagons join me full time and go ahead and agree with the statement because the gold coast Suns are making the finals this year
1: oh, oh boy that is <laughs> it, that is a call among calls and
0: again, i tweeted it, so it's essentially in stone
1: <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about stone but we'll definitely have we'll definitely have to look at this so let's let's just let's just go through it it is it is hard not to argue that they don't have they have a ton of momentum. They're still a full game back of Richmond, so that's that's the mm-hmm. only thing that concerns me a little bit. But here's their run home. Okay, they got Essendon this week again. Do we take Essendon with a grain of salt of their win over Brisbane or not? It really kind of depends. Then they get the Q clash with Brisbane, so that's that's another tough tough game there at the Gaba. The West Coast Eagles, which this is not the West Coast Eagles of earlier in the year. I think this is a West Coast Eagles team that's playing well. Thankfully this is at Metricon, so I, I will give yeah. them probably a tick there. And then Hawthorne, Geelong, and the good old North Melbourne Ruse to end the season in round twenty three. I'm circling that North game because I'm gonna sit here and say this right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull back just really, really quickly from my filters here because what I wanna see what I wanna see is this. I'm gonna go to round twenty three. Okay, because can Gold Coast make it? Here are the matchups just for round twenty-three as we speak. Brisbane Lions face North, face Melbourne. Carlton faces Collingwood, Essendon faces Richmond, Dockers face Giants, Swans play St Kilda, and the showdown between Adelaide and Port Adelaide. So if you really look at it, Gold sorry, Geelong versus West Coast is the other is the other game. Looking at this here, okay, Sydney's down there with St. Kilda, St. Kilda's near the but I think St. Kilda with their schedule, I think is, is is, be very interesting. The biggest game I think could, that they'll really kind of depend on whether Gold Coast makes is the Essendon Richmond game is massive. Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. Essendon could play huge spoiler in this and Carlton and Collingwood the old rivals could could beat each other and who knows where Melbourne and Brisbane will be at that at that time period I know I'm honestly I'm I'm very bullish on this Suns team I really Mm -hmm. am because I think they've got all this positive momentum Stewie do is confident they've got a ton of confidence you know what? I don't think this is an overreaction. I think the Suns can make the final. legitimately yes. the Suns can make the finals. Yes. Here's why. Richmond's injuries and their mm-hmm. schedule has made has become much more difficult over these last few over these last few rounds than I think they were expecting. Especially this Gold Coast loss, which I think a lot of people would have chalked that up to four points a few weeks ago. So Richmond they're not being handed a, a lot of easy games after that because, okay, they get North Melbourne this week. I'm going to discuss this game a little bit because this is a game I'm, 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 I'm I've dog eared because mm-hmm. this one, if I'm a Richmond supporter is scary because new coach bounce back, several injuries. Keep an eye on this one. We'll discuss this a little bit more. Doesn't get any easier. You got to play Fremantle, Brisbane, Port Adelaide in three consecutive rounds before mm-hmm. ending the year with Hawthorne and Essendon.
0: Yeah, I think the looking thing with Gold at Coast this, here is that. Looking uh-huh.
1: at this, I potentially could see Richmond losing all three of those games before those final two. They may be outside the finals and Gold Coast or Port may be in. So I don't think this is a new reaction. I think Gold Coast has a really good shot of making the finals because the teams around them have very difficult schedules mm-hmm. and they have a lot of winnable games. They have a couple of difficult games, but they've got a lot more winnable games, almost guaranteed winnable games, than some of the teams around them do.
0: You wants know, really... Kind of crazy is that if you take a um, at least in my opinion, I don't think it's a crazy statement to say that um, Gold Coast has the ability to finish off the season five in one with one loss being to Geelong because really uh, the only team that really sticks off. Um, like really jumps off the, the the sheet here is going to be the Brisbane Lions but they've been having some injury issues recently they've been having some list issues recently just perform general performance mm-hmm. issues as well so Gold Coast is no longer outclassed by the Brisbane Lions i would not been saying that about 6 rounds ago but i am able to say that now they're only genuinely outclassed by the Geelong Cats so i could see a Gold Coast going 4 and 2 um, oh, maybe a five in one as well. In Richmond over here. There's a chance that they can end the, th- end the season on a three and three in the two uh, or a two and four um, record. Mm-hmm. I oh, well, Donnie. And, and the other and the other well, thing too, the single,
1: other thing too to with the, the Geelong game is that's round twenty two. By then, Geelong may have already solidified themselves a final spot. So you. And being at Metricon Stadium, oh. don't rule them out either because Geelong, Geelong may be smart instead of putting them into that tropical, the, the tropical climate up there is saving a few superstars because you still have round 23 at the end of the year. So it, it'll depends. How does Chris Scott handle it? It also kind of will depend on where's Geelong sitting when it comes to top four. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. they're going to want one of those top two spots because then they technically, again, host air quotes for those listening to the AirPods, major air quotes in that one, host a game in the finals, a, a game, a, a potential uh, qualifying to get to the preliminary final at home. So that, you there, know there's, guys. There's, there's still some things to play there for, but potentially oh, yeah. you could be sitting into that game with a Geelong team that maybe may come up to Metricon and not want to risk injury knowing they've still got round 23 to solidify whatever they need. So. With with that preseason, with that with that pre-finals bye, it, it does kind of mm-hmm. change. I think it changes around twenty-two more than around twenty-three, because mm. you may see around twenty-two resting to be sure that they're s- solely ready for that twenty-three, even with the with a the bye week the next week. It'll be fascinating to see. But yeah, I don't think it's an overreaction. I think Gold Coast has, has a legitimate shot to make finals.
0: You know, all I'm saying is that Gold Coast is going to finish out the season 6-0 and dance her way into, I don't know, 7th um, place on the ladder. And it's going to happen. You guys might as well book it, put all your money <laughs> on it. Just kidding. Please don't do that. I will not be held accountable for anyone stupid enough to fully listen to me like that. But one thing you can't listen to me with is that Gold Coast is going to make the finals. Go ahead and book it, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, we're not done talking um, some of these teams, some of these uh, fringe um, top eight teams as well, especially one of these finals teams that might be having some a bit of an issue when it comes to the future. Of The club, but that's going to do for our overreactions for this round. Let's know your thoughts. Do you agree with coach dunya? Any of these is Frio um, or did Frio make the biggest statement of the round is Brisbane going to drop out of the top four and are the Gold Coast Suns going to make the finals for the first time in club history But before we get to what the blank and subsequently uh, coach nice even the round and our tips uh, for round 18 of the season we got a couple of things to talk about first things first let's talk about the big news coming out of north melbourne because they have decided to move on from davy noble um uh, sorry, not, I mean, yeah, David, David, David Noble, we'll be formal. Um, you know, Dave, <laughs> Davidson, Nobleson is uh, no longer in North Melbourne, sin, is what we can say. Um, so, I mean, really, this kind of um, general thoughts about this one kind of caught me by surprise because almost like what you tweeted to me too, Donny, is I wasn't expecting them to make this move in season or especially coming off of the legitimately good performance they had against the Collingwood Magpies. I would think they might extend it with extend Noble's tenure at least a little bit longer. Uh, but a couple things I have wondering about this one. Is this the right move in your opinion? Where does Clarko fit into all the situation now? And does this give North Melbourne a bit of a um, increase in odds of retaining Horn Francis? <laughs> I know I'm, oh I'm only boy. throwing you softballs. Yeah. So don't worry about.
1: it. Uh, uh, no, they're not softballs. Honest, honestly, these these, <laughs> these are these are not easy topics for 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 some people to talk about. I know So was uh, being sarcastic. Just, let's, let's, I'm let's sorry the, that you, I wasn't. Let's, I let's go right off the top of the. Was it the right move? It depends on who you ask. Legitimately, mm-hmm. it depends on who you ask. There there are people that are like, "Yep, get rid of them. now." You have a chance to start your coaching. Your coaching search now. You can you can you can caretaker your coach through the last six games of the season. It doesn't matter. You're you're not going to make the finals. You're most likely going to win the wooden spoon. You're going to get the number one overall pick. Yada yada mm-hmm. yada yada yada. I 100% understand that. For me, and again, this this is not just me. Even the coaches in the coaches fraternity, I hate seeing coaches being fired during season because it mm-hmm. it just is such a rotten feel. Sometimes
0: it makes sense. Like I guess Leon Cameron was one of the more justified ones, but most of the time.
1: But the Leon Cameron one was almost a mutual decision as much as mm, the point. club wants you to tell you that this is a mutual decision. This was Noble being sacked and them trying to kind of save face a little bit. Like, mm, mm-hmm. it, cause, uh, and I've heard that discussion. Everybody's like, well, if they would have beat Collingwood, they would have survived uh, from every, all the information I'm hearing in the t- podcast I've listened to, the journalists that I've heard, the insiders that I've heard. I think he was getting fired no matter if they'd have won that Carlton game. He would have been sacked whether they won that Collingwood game or not. like mm. That's how crazy this is. If they could have beat Collingwood, Call- a team that's most likely going to make the finals. Still wouldn't have saved his job because they're, they're basically saying that the whole debacle in round three where he sprayed them viciously and then had to come out and apologize didn't go over well. And, and that he hmm. lost the room, and that's kind of the why they had the, their streak of absolutely atrocious performances. Um, is Clarko a fit? If you ask most people, it is a perfect fit because this will solidify Clarko's uh, legacy as a perfect coach if he can come in and make this absolute you-know-what storm into a finals-caliber club.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say is because he's going to join them and then lead them to Tasmania. Uh,
1: no, <laughs> um, I don't think that's as as much either. as some people say, I, I just I I think I think the movement of North Melbourne to Tasmania is just not going to happen. I don't want to talk about it because it's it's I don't think it's going to happen. There, there there's too much connections to the nor- to the northern part of Melbourne. It, it's I just don't I just don't see it happening. As much as Eddie McGuire wants the eleven and eleven whatever I I'm. Not gonna go into that because that's (laughs) it's it's another one of Eddie's great ideas that just seems like a way for him to kind of get his way with that really has very little positive in the long run, in my opinion. So we'll state there. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Clarko fit, yes. Clarko want to be at North Melbourne. Everything I'm hearing, no. He does not want to go anywhere near that job. Nowhere near that job. Yes. So then there's talk of the West Coast Eagles coach because he's a fourth nor- former North Melbourne player. Well, West Coast has got to fire him, yeah. or he's not going anywhere. So i i <laughs> I, I think West Coast. I think West Coast has bounced back enough. I don't think it's going to happen. The the uh, Ross Lyon, the 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 former St Kilda and Frio coach. As much as I would love for him to take that job, because I think he he he's such a great coach. He he's got such a great. I, again, I think the way the club is run is the reason why Ross will not take that job. And then I'm hearing You're right, all I won't sorts of taking that job. Well, and I've heard of all sorts of assistant <laughs> oh, coaches. <go>. Being, well, <laughs> I've, I've heard all sorts okay, of good. assistant so coaches. Okay. I've heard all sorts of assistant coaches being thrown out. And the one that irritates me the most, and it's not because he's a swan. It, it's because everything that I've heard people are throwing his name out but he's already basically said he doesn't want it and that's Don Pike from the Sydney Swans who's a former Adelaide <laughs> Crows coach. They okay. interviewed him on Triple M, on Triple M for their for their um Friday rub. And they asked him with North Melbourne having all the issues, would you be would you be interested and he basically said no. He basically said I'm happy where I am at. I like what I'm doing at Sydney. I like working with John Longmire. Why would I leave? Like legitimately said that. But I'm still hearing people say his name Say his name in the coaching. And I'm like, unless they're going to throw $3 million in cash at him, I just don't see Don Pike leaving the Swans. And again, this is not red hat Donnie. This is coaching. This is coach neutral Donnie here. I just don't I don't see the merit of him leaving a club that is literally barreling towards a finals t- towards a flag type of group where mm-hmm why would he go to a team it's going to take at least two years to get them into finals contention do they have a ton of talent yes i believe north melbourne has much more of a talented list than people give them credit for they've got a lot of under 24 year olds that are super talented they're just undisciplined very structurally not sound and they just they have not played footy very well they've got a ton of great talent then we'll, we'll go to the the, the the blue whale that is Jason Horn Francis. Unfortunately, I think the club has the, been the one that has burned him that I think as mm. soon as he can, I think he's going to go back to South Australia if they can get it figured out. This off season, I I'm honestly think, legitimately keep an eye on this trade period. This trade period could be bonkers because I'm hearing... Grundy out of Collingwood, potentially in a trade to GWS, or potentially back to South Australia with Port Adelaide or Adelaide. Toronto most likely to G- to Collingwood. Dugouy mm-hmm. uh, somewhere we still don't we still don't know.
0: The, somewhere the next the next
1: topic we'll discuss here in a little bit potentially could happen, which could make the offseason even more entertaining, shall we say? Mm. Josh, Dunk, Josh Dunkley of the Western Bulldogs. There are a ton of guys that. Potentially could be on the move and some some cachet in some of these moves that I'm I'm intrigued for the off season once the season's over with, because there could be fireworks when it comes to trades, mm-hmm. when it comes to moves, and when it becomes to relocations, because there's gonna be there's gonna be, I think, a lot of moves this year. Last year was very Adam Chera was really the only one everybody was talking about, and the rest were kind of eh, if he moves. This yeah. season could have some absolute, just mind-blowingly big potential moves that could happen this offseason. With all of the I'm things that yeah. have changed over these last six months, um, it's going to mm-hmm. be fascinating. But yeah, I, Jason Horn Francis potentially finds his way back to South Australia. I'm, I'm, my gut tells me I'm leaning more towards that potentially happening, just because I think it's the club that's burned him more than the playing group and the coaching. I think course. the club how they ha- how they handled him going back to South Australia, and not telling them, the 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 list that he's got around him is very fragile. It's very mm-hmm. it, it's there's just there's no cohesion. Is that a coaching? Yes, that's a coaching situation. So will I will I negative noble on that? Yeah, but I don't know. It, it's I just I have a hard time seeing Francis want to stay Horn Hor- Francis want to stay there unless significant leaps in improvement happened over these last six weeks mm-hmm. even under a caretaker
0: absolutely and I mean I when it comes to the whole Jason horn Francis kind of situation I I really think that the ship on him returned to North Melbourne probably sailed um, I don't know maybe a month ago it, it at least because I even at that point, it looked almost like we we're at the point of return with him in the club. It just, nothing is great. And this is not like, kind of like you're alluding to. There's going to need to be drastic change made, um, in order to sway Horn Francis a little bit and just changing your coach, especially about who they get. um, not going to do with him and I, I really don't blame him because he does not look happy at all um you know obviously we can go into we could have an entire hour-long show about you know the drama with Jason horn francis if it's his fault if it's the club's fault you know all that in between we're not going to because um we have better things to talk about um but of course um this going to be interesting. I don't think North is going to be poaching Clarko away from the, all my GWs Giants. Luckily, so I'm not too worried with them. Um, so I, I, I think I think uh, all, every team's still in a pretty good spot here. I just feel bad for Noble because he's he wasn't he he wasn't the I mean he, okay let's be real he's he wasn't the greatest um, coach. He didn't have the greatest tenure with North Melbourne. But also let's not act like it was all his fault because it clearly was not um but speaking about something that could be all the fault of a club let's talk about this story donnie in one where um we're going to take it as face value this is 100 percent correct there is no need to kind of disagree on the sources who wrote the article because we all know they are known for producing nothing but super accurate and well-reported journalism (laughs) and of course (laughs) of course (laughs) <laughs> I'm talking about the amazing, astounding Harold's son, who we all know and love as the most reliable piece of media that the world has ever seen. And if you could say that without laughing, I applaud you because I could not. But we are taking a look at possibly according to them that Buddy Franklin is entering some new drama with his contract and... That he's going to potentially be quitting the Swans due to a lowball offer that was just put on the table by the club. Of course, Donnie, I'm sure you have plenty of thoughts on this one. Plenty of grains of salt we're going to need to take with this story. So is Sin is... Dusty going to be out of Sydney. Is Sydney going to give Dusty the money that he wants? Um, and are we going to essentially see Dustin Martin replace Buddy Franklin with the Sydney Swans? Answer all those amazing questions. I'm sure it's super easy to solve. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: oh, man. So so waking up, this, waking up this morning, the one and only bad part about being an American when it comes to keeping track of the news. A little news, behind on the news, aren't we? <laughs> sometimes in Australia is that sometimes back crazy stuff happens while you're asleep. So I wake so I wake up to a couple of uh, a couple of not only Facebook posts but also Twitter Twitter messages <laughs> and things like that saying of course omg the sydney the the sydney morning the sydney herald is is putting out that there have been bumps in the road in the negotiations and that supposedly buddy has been quoted again I I, I take that with a massive grain of salt that buddy would be dumb enough to say that into the media which I don't think he did. That 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 he's being lowballed by the Swans at five hundred thousand a year. Okay. <laughs> for the, for those that live in Australia that watch this, Ross, you've seen the NFL, you've seen the NHL. When a guy gets towards the end of his career, is he gonna make the top tier figures when it comes to finances?
0: Oh, yeah, why wouldn't he, Donnie?
1: No, no, be. of course not. <laughs> so, this is, so, so Here, here is my argument. And again, this, this is a couple of Americans talking sports, but talking a little bit. So it's, it's a completely different financial situation. But a $10 million player over here, when they get towards the end of their career, they're going to sign something for a third of that price. Currently, Buddy is on about 1.3 $1.4 million a third of mm-hmm. that considering he's 32, he's had injury plague seasons, he's had many an injury, he's towards the end of his career, a third of his salary is $500,000. Half a million. It's not like it's not bad money. I mean especially for the AFL, but still pretty good money. Is this a lowball offer? No, Uh, legitimately, I do not think it's a lowball offer. And okay, I'm going to, I'm going to say this, okay, I'm going to take off. I'm going to take off neutral, neutral hat and I'm going to put on swans red hat here. This is purely my opinion on this. Okay. Purely my opinion does buddy Franklin deserve 500,000. That is the most I would pay him this. This is legitimately me 500,000, maybe six would be the most I would pay him. Because or it's
0: going back to having to pay every one of those super it, young exactly. this is a loaded this exactly. roster is loaded with young talent that you're mm-hmm. gonna to have to keep around for years. And it, it, and many like of it, you, you've talked about, and especially in the games mm-hmm. that sorry, I'm gonna keep interrupting you no, because you're that's good. one thing I'm good at. One thing that we saw earlier in the season, especially <laughs> in the uh, the buddy list games that we saw, is that Sydney it might be a tough thing to say. Um, this is I almost bring this back to uh, in your situation, Danny, with Buddy and the Swans. I'm um, gonna relate to my big thing and for everyone following Gridiron, um, Von Miller and the Broncos kind of situation where last year they trade him away, one of the greatest players in franchise history. They trade away. Um, essentially, they they let him leave the team because. Um, And honestly, it might be uh, my bad word situation, but essentially it's a guy that the Broncos in given their situation, they didn't necessarily need. He wasn't necessarily worth the costs that came alongside it. Obviously, it's a guy you would love to have on your list, but if push comes to shove. You're gonna take the um you're not you're gonna uh, make that move and bring um and so you could keep the younger guys going. Is is that pretty similar to this situation as well, Donnie?
1: No, oh, pretty much. And, and my favorite part is, is that everybody's trying to twist this well, they're they're trying to ball, they're trying to lowball buddies and they can bring in Dusty Martin. Well, here's a reality check. I've heard Tom Harley, the CEO of the Sydney Swans, already basically say th- the Dusty Martin discussions are a waste of our time. They don't have the salary cap. They're not interested in him. They have they have the midfield youth depth they need. Mm-hmm. Would would they like Dusty Martin? I don't think any person with worth their weight in gold would say they don't want Dusty Martin. But exactly, you don't want Dusty Martin in the process of costing you uh, a a, robot, a a Warner, an Ollie Florence, a McInerney, a Blakey
0: you're like, gonna bend over backwards to keep him on your list.
1: Exactly. And then there's then there's people like, well, if you if you could sign Buddy, you could bring Buddy and Dusty. I'm like, yeah, and then lose six youngsters because <laughs> 2.5 million dollars is on two guys that maybe have 3 years combined left in their careers. <laughs> like again, are they great players? Yes. Do I? I also I look at it the Sydney the Sydney Herald is not exactly known for its footy coverage, so I think really? this is this
0: crazy.
1: I think this is somebody <laughs> got a sniff of that they weren't close that, that that they're still negotiating, so they decided to make a a, a story about this. I just stole the dots with I, what I, they want. I agree to. <laughs> with several that I said is that if Buddy signs a new contract extension tomorrow morning, it's going to make whoever wrote this article look really 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 stupid so i i think it's it's gonna get done well the swans cave a little i won't shock it won't shock me because i think they think he needs to be there because of the star power okay legitimately think that Mm -hmm. but as i've said and again i'm not trying to be cruel to buddy i buddy's one of my favorite players i will openly say that again red hat donnie here there buddy is one of my favorite players of all time i love the way the guy plays but I've said it, and I will say it, and I don't care who in the swans I offend. Six hundred thousand, no higher, because you were you were costing your future to keep a guy that really I think has two great seasons left in him, and that's it. I would mm-hmm. let Buddy go, and I and I know it sounds it sounds shocking. Coach has wants Buddy. No, I don't want Buddy to leave, but if Buddy <laughs> leaves to give a, to keep. A Warner, a robot of a McInerney, a Blakey, a, a Heaney, a Wicks—these youngsters that have seven, eight, 10, 12 years left in their footy careers—I'm willing to do that for a guy that maybe only has two. So, again, I take it with a grain of salt. I think it'll happen, but I don't think the Swans are going to overpay for him. They are basically going mm-hmm. to tell Buddy, "Hey, if you want to be part of this team to potentially have a chance to win a flag in Sydney." You're going to have to give a little too. We're going to give a little. I agree. We'll, we'll give you a little bit more mm-hmm. money, six hundred thousand. I think if you start getting to the sevens and the eights, it's too much money. You're you're.
0: Spending, I, I think that Swanson's been playing this really well, in terms mm-hmm. of not like feeding into the almost uh, what you feel like maybe a little bit of fan pressure. They're playing it smart, and they're they're just seeing. The truth uh, is is what's out there, and they're not trying to bend over backwards for a star. They're trying to respect him. I'm sure they're not going to do anything disrespectful to Buddy, but at the same time, they're being realistic with their club, and that's w- that's really what you hope that they can do. Well, you
1: can't you can't sit there and focus primarily on one season or within Mm -hmm. a season you have to have a holistic look because the club has got to think about not just this season not just next season but two three four seasons in advance because you've got a you've got a list that like i said if you can keep it together you can keep it healthy is a flag contender type of list for the next eight to ten years if they can keep the youth that they have drafted and that they have molded on the list and it's not just And and I know there's going to be people in the comment section Well, they get get all those academy players again reality check to you there have only been 12 academy players that have played senior footy not all of them with the swans and guess how many swans academy players have went through the academy that would be 2500 I don't know Mm. about you but 12 Mm. out of 2500 is kind of a small number So this argument, this argument that Sydney has this great advantage, no, they don't. They just produce really good footy players in a rugby state that again, sorry to you Victorians who don't understand this. If they didn't play footy, they'd be playing rugby. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe I hate saying it this way, but I'm going to be quite simple. Isaac Keeney could have played rugby league. Callum Mills could have played rugby league i'm sorry they're playing footy because the swans have a very good academy they develop them well they get first rights to them it's like your father's sons look at the western bulldogs look at the Collingwood magpies you guys are getting a lot of father sons that are conveniently at the top of the draft pool so you're mm. saying sydney's got an advantage but yet Collingwood has the number one overall kid this last year, but yet they fin- they didn't finish last. So again, think about which what hill you want to die on, ladies and gentlemen, because <laughs> that's a hill I, I think you're dying on it for 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 the wrong reason. That's what we'll, what we'll say there. So I think That's Buddy. I think Buddy will sign. I think this is this is a hill. This is a hill of beans. I think this is a waste of time. This is a this is a BS article. I think it'll eventually happen. But
0: it eventually happened, but it it causes clicks, so we got to do it. Fair enough, uh, but to sum up this uh, this segment, um, Coach Donnie thinks that the North Melbourne Roos are going to move heaven and earth to keep Jason Hor Francis, and he also has told Buddy Franklin to kick rocks, essentially, and he is washed. Of course, <laughs> uh, I am applying for my job with the Herald within the next couple days, and I will be using that clip as evidence of why I would be perfect for that team, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, before we, get, <laughs> before we get to our tips, and Donnie, Team of the realm. We got we got a little fun one for you guys. Um, because we have uh, i I think there's a few there's a lot of ways that Coach Johnny could take these statements with this next segment because of course it's time for what the blank the segment where Coach Johnny fills in the blanks with whatever he's so blanking chooses of course for those who know how the how this segment works i got three statements for coach johnny and there's a blanket either the beginning middle or the end of it it's up to him to fill it in with whatever he so chooses of course drop your thoughts on this in the comments below uh, what would you fill in the blank uh, let us know in the comments or hit us up over our socials at coach has 40 on both instagram and twitter and fourth and long media on both instagram and twitter as well but Donnie, sorry, so statement number one, you might have gotten a little bit of help considering you know you have your bifocals there, you know, great stuff. But even they could not save you from some of the stuff that took place this round. So with that being said, statement number one. Blink hurt my eyes the most this round. Uh, oh
1: boy. Um Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I thought about this a little bit and and, and, and to, <laughs> to my beloved to my beloved host, I, I do apologize for this the GWS nope, Giants nope. performance against Adelaide against Port Adelaide <laughs> so hurt my eyes because and I kid you not ladies and gentlemen for those of you that watched it they kicked a grand total of 3 goals in an entire game of footy they kicked <laughs> so 3 bad. goals it's one so in the first bad. quarter one in the second quarter one in the third quarter and none in the fourth quarter. I'm <laughs> a, 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 as as talented as this GWS team is. That hurt watching that game, especially considering the way Port Adelaide played. Considering they just they took GWS to the woodshed, and the scary part about it is is that it could have been worse because you know what Port it's, Adelaide it's picked twelve behinds in this game. They kicked twelve, tell
0: me why, 12 eighty-four. 84 <laughs> Tell me, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's bad when your behind totals are almost matching your goal totals in terms of points.
1: hmm Yep. 3-11. Mm. 3-11. They were 1-4 in the first quarter. They had one goal in the entire second quarter. That was it. They were 2-4. After halftime, they kicked 1-5. And after the fourth, going into the fourth quarter, they kicked 0-2.
0: I, um, I just think you're point. lucky, Donnie. This game hurt your eyes. This game hurt my eyes, my brain, and my soul. <laughs> so you're able to avoid two of those three. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I felt uh, so
1: horrible because, and again, this is, this is a poor Adelaide team. I've said it numerous times. They're, they're a
0: good team, but they,
1: the GDFs are horrible. Their record does not depict how good they are. They're so mm-hmm. much a better team. It's that that zero five start just really put them in such a hole that they're they're having to dig themselves out. If they didn't have that zero five start, I think they're in the eight, and Richmond is out. That that's how that's how big that start killed them so much. So I mean, take just, away the zero oh, five, they're man. an eight
0: and three club, which is. Which is, uh, would be a it's pretty solid win percentage right there, that's for damn sure. Um, uh, but moving away from this, um, uh, disaster of a game, this embarrassment, and, and quite honestly, this, uh, the disrespect to the game of footy that we all know and love, um, let's move <laughs> away from the GWS Giants, uh, because saver number two, um, they're definitely not going to be getting the anywhere near this one, uh, because the redemption award goes to blank. For their performance in round 17. Now, keep in mind, this could be a player, this could be a team, this could be a coach, this could be, once again, anything you want to fill in the blank with.
1: Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, kind of wrap it up a little bit. Um, again, this, this is, uh, somebody's gonna say, oh, this is a homer pick. This isn't a homer pick, and that's Sydney over West uh, over the Western Bulldogs okay. because. The atrocious performance against Essendon again. It, it, all of the negative, all the negative. They're they're they they're, they're going to fall out of the finals. They're, they're them and St Kilda are both going to fall at the last leg, and they're not going to make the finals. And they again kind of handed the doggies their their rear end on a silver platter. And, and and probably the performance I think that surprised me the most was Tommy Papley. I mean. The, for a for a forward, I mean, the guy had an incredible game. It was absolutely insane. The statistic, the statistics. Are we getting
0: a uh, uh, spoiler for part of the team of the round? Uh, just just the t- maybe just the
1: tiniest <laughs> bit. We'll, 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 we'll have to see. We'll, we'll throw it in the, a little bit. But I just I, I got to pull up his line because his line was re- his line is ridiculous. Okay, he had twenty four disposals, but listen to this: he had five goal assists and 17 score involvements. That is the most Woo! in the entire AFL, this entire season. 17 score 17. involvements. 17. And the crazy Ooh. part is, he kicked two five, two Two goals, five behinds. <laughs> So he uh, could have had even more points and made even a bigger impact on this game if well, he had scored the, score the try. So, so I would say my my redemption story is is the Swans and the Tommy Papley because the previous round against Essendon he kicked atrociously. I think he was o5 I think he was o five in that game, and mm. even had a kick out on the full. So he, I would. It, it was just such an interesting bounce back because he did. Yeah. Okay. He was he was one three against Essendon. I forgot he did kick a goal late, but he had also. Sorry, had still one, bad though. He had one on the out in the full. Yeah. So it just so it was a it was a redemption game. I think for both of mm-hmm. them because I think Papley redeemed kind of a, a bad performance. Where I think a lot of Swans fans goes if he kicks a couple of those goals, they they beat they beat Essendon. It, for him to bounce back and just make such an impact, because he went into the he, he even went into the midfield and had so many like it when he got a hold of the footy, something happened. So it, it was a mm-hmm. dynamic it was a dynamic game for, for for little Tommy Papley, the old plumber the old plumber. Um, so just yeah so Sydney and, and, and Tommy that. Papley for me would be my re- the redemptions because of uh, kind of how horrible the, the previous round against Essendon went and then how well they did in the games against uh, in the game against the Western Bulldogs
0: absolutely I think that's a perfect nomination for a team right there an even better one when it comes to individ- individual player um himself but uh Kevin is off uh, for what the blank this round is uh number three Donnie. I feel blank. <laughs> when looking at the ladder heading into round 18
1: i love this question when when you sent it when you sent me the, the sheet i looked at it and i went man there's several ways i can go i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of go it's do you like, need the full dictionary <laughs> i am i am fascinated by this mm. ladder because again as i said one through three one through three on the ladder are all tied at 48 four through six are all at 44 and then sydney at 40 at seven so your top seven teams there's only a two game difference and you have a fact that as as we kind of stated earlier brisbane is in fourth but with one loss or a negative a negative percentage situation they could be down all the way to six they could go from top four to an elimination final position in one day so th- this is this is a fascinating because i think as as i stated a couple rounds ago and i agree with this this is gonna come down to the final day, final game before we know who's playing who. I don't think we're gonna sit here going like we did previous years where we're like, okay, one verse four, two verse three is set. The only thing we don't know is six, seven and eight, maybe. Mm-hmm. This is a year, <laughs> if things happened the way they could, one through eight, are still up for grabs. Like you don't know who it could be yes. where. Like we could we could go Geelong Melbourne Fremantle or one through three. In two rounds it could be Fremantle Geelong Melbourne. I mean it could even be Fremantle, Brisbane, Carlton, Melbourne. Like that's how crazy this could be just because of the one game difference. So um I'm fascinated by this because I think this thing is gonna this thing is going to play leapfrog with itself and the live ladders are going to be fascinating on the coverages. Like I, I love when they do that because they showed one. They're
0: where... going to be. I feel bad for the graphics people because those things are going to be changing every second. Well, every every goal, a... every
1: goal could change just because of percentage. I they they showed I, one. I'm
0: I'm not even like joking with that, Diane. I legit think it's going to be constantly changing with every goal. It's well, so if, much if, fun. If
1: you if you think this week's interesting, watch the watch the Western Bulldogs and Kilda game. Because you know that graphic's going to come up every time a team takes, every time the lead changes, that graphic's going to come up, and you're going to see a point where one of them jumps into the eight, and then the other one drops down to tenth, and then it's going to flip <laughs> so many times. Like these teams are going to jump each other so much on the live ladder due to the score. It's going to be it's going to be absolutely fascinating to watch, and that's the ten versus nine game. That's before Richmond even plays, and then you've still got Gold Coast, Port Adelaide, and all those teams still around him. So I'm. These rounds are going to be like, I don't know if I'm going to get much sleep over the last two or or three rounds because I'm almost going to want to stay up to watch the games because it's going to be fascinating just seeing how this affects the ladder. Like, each round is going to be this ladder is going to do a facelift a couple of times because I don't think we're even close (laughs) to where it's going to end. Do I think that most of the eight teams that are in it are going to make finals? Yes. It's what position, I have no clue because this this is seven of the eight
0: are finals teams. (laughs) but I have, like you said I have no idea where the hell anyone is going to end up here we're going to see I don't know, uh, uh we might even see uh, Donny is it we're gonna see Gold Coast end up as the topsy on the ladder uh, win the minor Premiership and uh, <laughs> I
1: don't know if that's gonna happen because that's it okay it might games, be a little bit four, of and there's only six games left so you I don't think. Exactly. Melvin, I don't Everyone think, think Melbourne, Geelong, and Fremantle are all going to lose all six games. Well, so.
0: I just don't think you know footy, then, Donnie. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's a boy.
1: bold call, there, sir. That's a bold <laughs> call.
0: Oh yeah. No. Now I'm just getting from being joking and sarcastic just to being a dick. Um, but, ladies and gentlemen, um, that is going to do it for our what the blank segment of the round. What major ho- eyes hurt the most? this weekend who gets the redemption award for their performance this round and how do you feel when you take a look at the ladder heading into round 18 but before we cap things off with our tips it's time for the best list from C to sea I, I, from landmass to landmass i've been doing this for every week and i still can't really get my head around what the <laughs> hell i'm going to say uh it's the best list in the world donnie take it away team the round.
1: Oh boy. So, so a very interesting round for me here just because there were, there were a lot of great performances, a lot of things. I, and so let's, let's jump right into it. Team of the round, round 17, always start in the defense. Uh, Mr. Automatic that's come in for Geelong, it really made an impact. Tommy Atkins, has I think, has played absolutely fantastic for them. Big shout-out. I love seeing this guy on there because it's a redemption story that I love. That's Sydney's Patty McCartan coming in, mm-hmm. leading the league in intercept marks this season. Absolutely fantastic for Patty to, to get the recognition that he deserves. Gold Coast Jack Bowes. Again, Gold Coast just playing out of their skin right now. Absolutely fantastic for the Coast. St. Kilda's Jack Sinclair, the the do-everything halfback for the Saints. Again, continuing to play really good footy. Brisbane's Brandon Starsevich, again, you got to play big time, big time with the, some of the losses that they had, losing Rich and losing some of their backlines, and the other great story this year: Carlton's Sam Doherty, again continuing another absolutely fantastic season. The fact that he's in discussions for all Australian is absolutely fantastic. After coming back from the testicular cancer that he had, we jump to the Ruck. I got to give, I got to give it. He made the bench last week, but I'm going to give it to him. He's going to start this week, and that's the Rucks. Frios, Sean Darcy, again, playing out is so, so well for him. Another great season for the big Ruckman from the Fremantle Jockers. We jump to the midfield. The first two were in the first game. Geelong's Cameron Guthrie and Melbourne's Christian Petraca. Again, both had incredible games in this game, both everywhere on the field. It's hard not to say that they don't deserve to be on here. This Mm -hmm. guy is coming out of his skin. In fact, Damian Barrett on one of the shows even said he thinks this guy can win a Brownlow medal in the next couple of years. And that's Sydney's Chad Warner. Again, another (laughs) great performance. Puts another couple of goals in and again is making a massive impact in the midfield for the Swannies. You kick a game winner, you got to be in the team of the week, and that's Gold Coast Noah Anderson. My there we tip, go, my hat, My hat tip to you, Mr. Noah Anderson, and I'll tell you this little story. In an under-13s game, he had a shot from basically the similar angle and missed it. So he had that running through his head. And the fact that most people did know this, Noah Anderson was a Richmond Tigers supporter as a kid. (laughs) So the fact (laughs) that the winner that he got is over the Richmond Tigers is absolutely fantastic. And the the last midfielder, again, playing such a great season, showing why he's an incredible talent. That's Shy Bolton of the Richmond Tigers. Again, another fantastic game for him. And, and just falling a little bit short for the Richmond Tigers, but again, another great performance. Forward, North gets a guy in the team of the week. you got you got to celebrate your little victories, and that's North, Nick Larkey, again, kicking a lot of goals, being an absolute nightmare for that Collingwood defense without... Um, without some of their their top guys there. So, uh, Port Adelaide's Connor Rosie, he's played a lot more in the midfield this year, but he had a game, he had a game of games against Gold Coat, against, um, GWS, in fact, I, I hate saying this, but he kicked more goals than GWS did. He kicked four. <laughs> so, Donnie, that's not I, saying I, I, anything. I think my uh, fiancé's dying <laughs> dog
0: probably could have kicked as many goals.
1: Uh, sorry about that. We we jumped to it. Essendon's two-meter Peter. Peter Wright again having another great game for the Bombers. Hawthorne's Mitch Lewis again. Hawthorne with a dynamite performance over the Adelaide Crows getting a big one. And the last two are both from Carlton because Carlton's two big forwards kicked 10 goals six in this game with harry mckay and charlie colonel both kicking five Jeez. in the ending game we drove the...
0: i think he still has a couple goals on jeremy cameron um for for yep he's got coleman, a really right? good chance
1: of winning the, of winning the of winning the coleman so we jump to the bench defense. Uh, Richmond's Daniel Rioli, again, he's he's found a renaissance down in that halfback line, is playing out of his skin. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, Fremantle's Will Brody, again, having a great season. The, the, the trade received, the guy from the Gold Coast coming out to Frio has played such great footy. Another great addition to that Fremantle squad. Ruck, again, another North player. Isn't that crazy? Two North players make the team of the week, and that's Todd Goldstein. Absolutely toweled up Cameron and Cox in that game really was one of the reasons why North was really, really close to getting a win there. And, yes, we, we kinda tipped, I kind of tipped my hand a little bit. Forward, Sydney's Tom Papley. I, I had a choice between him and Isaac Heaney. I had to give Pappers mm-hmm. because when you get 17 score involvements and five goal assists and 24 touches in an absolutely incredible game, yes, he didn't kick as many goals with only two, but I got to give that mm-hmm. young man some credit. So I'm going to throw him in as the bench forward for my team of the week, and that's Coach S's team of the round for round 17.
0: And, of course, still the greatest list you will ever see, especially compared to Victorian media and anything that will come from the (laughs) almighty Herald. Uh, But let's get things off, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, We've been rambling long enough, and it's time to get you the information you need to know heading into round 18 of the AFL season. Because we're going to throw on over to our tips for the round. And like Daniel was saying, um... Well, maybe he wasn't necessarily saying this, but I'll say this. I am extremely worried when it comes to my tips for this round because I'm either going to look like a genius, I'm going to look like a moron. I have no idea how uh, how, uh, most of these games are going to go. So... We're going to see, Donnie. I'm going to put my hands up and just say we are going to see. Because even kicking us off for the first game of the round, uh, no Thursday night footy um, this week for us. But we'll kick things off uh, in Marvel Stadium on Friday. Because we got the doggies taking on the St. Kilda Saints. We got a team that's been underperforming this year against a team that has been extremely um, inconsistent this year. I think the doggies are going to suck less. Um, And so it's all right with them. This is... Honestly, this game could really go either way, and I wouldn't be surprised in the least.
1: Uh, this is this is one of those. Uh, I had several this week that I bounced back and forth with a lot. <laughs> I, I'm with you on this one. I have the Western Bulldogs, but mainly because I think Bailey Smith's return this week, I think it's going to be massive. He comes into <clears> a, a section of the ground that I think they, they've had their struggles a little bit over, the, over these weeks without him. So I think he steps in. I think he kind of solidifies the Western Bulldogs midfield. I think English kind of learned a little bit um, uh, with his lackluster performance against a a ruck uh, a ruckless there for a bit Sydney Swans where they had to bring in uh, a secondary forward and surprisingly the secondary forward actually did really well against English so I I, I think Naughton may have himself a great game uh, uh, Saint Kilda after after Max King after after the King it's There's not as dangerous a forward line, so I don't think Western Bulldogs Mm -hmm. will get as exposed as they did, say, against Sydney, where you had several really good forwards that just caused them headache after headache after headache. So I'm going to go with the Western Bulldogs, but I am not super confident in this one because neither team has really inspired a lot of trust, shall we say, this season. That's a good point.
0: One of the few games I'm actually semi-confident in is this next one between the Collingwood Magpies and the Adelaide o- um, uh, Crows, even though this is taking place at the Oval. I still um, think that Collingwood is—they've been, um, you know, one of the hottest teams in the league, only up there with Geelong. Yeah, it was a close game against North. I don't necessarily think uh, that will happen in back-to-back games when you got the greatest player um, in American history playing in Australia, especially the greatest Australian-American player of all time, Mason Cox. We love Big Cox over here, at Fourth Long, it, maybe not Donnie. I'll need to group him in there, but I know for a fact—you guys know for a fact—that your boy <laughs> loves Big Cox, uh, and. I think the Callum that is going to take this
1: one. Oh, it's going to be, be very...
0: horrible. If someone takes a show out of context.
1: Uh, exactly. I, well, I, I, this morning, this morning, I tweeted something that you know, somebody put you might want to change that. And I go, yeah, if somebody sees that out, out, of, out of context, probably. <laughs> well, I, somebody, I was saying how I thought Buddy Franklin likes playing with the younger players. And I said he yeah, likes <laughs> playing with younger... Yeah, and so I would not oh, even Oh, we're running that, into so... a
0: bit of a Penn State issue, aren't we? Let's, no, not, get... let's not go there. <laughs> um, when it comes to it, I don't
1: think... I'm tipping Collingwood in this one, but this is mm. one of several games that I'm sitting there going, I thought about for a bit because... This is a danger game. This is a trap game because they they mm-hmm. stumbled against North Melbourne. They found a way to do it, but Adelaide is a much much more difficult opponent and it's at Adelaide. It's at the Adelaide mm-hmm. Oval. The Crows play well at home. Collingwood sometimes sometimes stumbles a little bit on the road, so I keep an eye on this one. This is this is one of an upset potential. I I'm looking at there's several that I I I i have dog-eared a lot because I think this, this could be a round that could see a ton of upsets if the right things happen. I'm going to tip Collingwood, but I, it will not shock me if the Crows find a way to nip this because this Collingwood team has been playing with fire a little bit with some of these teams. So keep an eye on this one. Uh, I got the pies, but keep an eye on the Crows on this one.
0: Now, Donnie, before the show was giving me a little bit of hope when there really, I didn't think there was going to be anything. And I'm still really not that all confident in this next one because the GWS Giants are taking on the Brisbane Lions. Even though the Lions may have stumbled um, a a little bit over the last handful of rounds, I still don't think they are bad enough to lose to the Giants. Um, I'll take Brisbane.
1: I'm going to take Brisbane in this one. But what scares me about this game is we don't know how the players that are out with COVID, how they will respond we don't know if rich is back we don't know if zorko's back teams aren't announced until friday so again this tip is rather early a little bit because we don't know the teams because oscar mcinerney we know is out he's just went into COVID protocol, so it's at least a week from now which means he will miss this game which means gws right now goes up against darcy fort so that already gives GWS a little bit of an advantage in the ruck contest, which then usually means your midfield usually will get a little bit more of the footy. GWS has a midfield with the talent that if they can get it to Jesse Hogan, if they can get it to their forwards, they can kick goals. I'm going to tip Brisbane, but this is another one I thought about and I thought about and I thought about tipping GWS because I think this is another, Colin Collingwood, this is a recipe for disaster not playing well not playing well injuries and covid issues and a gws mm-hmm. team that when they play on their day can be very very dangerous brisbane but i'm th- will not shock me if gws wins this one as well
0: now, with this next game, I'm, I might have to get hate. I might be called stupid by a couple of our fans because, you know, that, that's very well deserved. It might not just be because of this tip. It also could be for a plethora of reasons you can call <laughs> me that. But the next game, we're going to take a look at, hey, back to Marvel Stadium. We got the North Melbourne Roos taking on the Richmond Tigers. And yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, this is my pick for the bold Tip of the round, we got a uh, um, six dollar seven and seventy cents underdog taking on the Richmond Tigers. A tiger team that's been depleted through injuries. There's been question marks around this whole roster, especially with uh, around the little Dusty Martin situation as well. North Melbourne pushed Collingwood to the brinks and really probably should have won that game. If we're being honest with ourselves, they're only giving a four percent chance from the tipsters on the afl.com website but I am a part of that 4 percent The ruse are taking home the win this round Donnie tell me why I'm wrong uh,
1: I'm not gonna say you're I'm not gonna say you're wrong because I <laughs> I think this this could be a perfect storm for North Melbourne this is legitimately a perfect storm because you're always gonna you, almost always you get a new coach bounce you're gonna get a good performance for the new coach I don't know why that is but it happens.
0: It's just tradition at this point we have to accept it.
1: Then you throw then you throw in the fact that Richmond could be without Tommy Lynch, Ivan Saldo, and Tobin Inkerbus, and Kotchin still may not be back. That is no Rucks and no big super big forward. So this is a combination that could be absolute disaster. I'm still going to tip Richmond cuz I think Richmond has just enough talent. And just enough people in the right places, I think they'll be able to overcome their disadvantages, again, in the Rock. And then I think going forward, I think they're going to take a little bit of a hit. Lynch has been kind of a, pardon the pun, Lynch pin for that, that forward line a, a little bit. So I'm going to take Very Richmond good. in this one, but I, I am not not going to be shocked at all if North pulls the win because this, this is a perfect storm for the Ruse to be able to get another win on the board.
0: Next one, we actually have the John cats playing in a away game at the MCG shocker. I know they're taking on the Carlton <laughs> Carlton blues and uh, I'm not the blues are good, but I'm not tipping against the best team in footy right now. Uh,
1: this is another one. It, could we see a perfect storm? Could, could Geelong coming off that big win over Melbourne be a little bit, a little bit vulnerable. Carlton is absolutely hot as a firecracker. They're starting to get healthy. They're starting to play better footy. I just think Geelong's experience, their talent, and their skill will be able to overcome the kind of brutality that is the Carlton team when they get going. I think Geelong is is wise enough, they'll be able to handle it. They're not gonna get over panicked. I think Geelong wins this one, but this is a cracker. This is an absolutely fantastic game. It just irritates the snot out of me that this game and the next game are basically on at the same time which really infuriates me
0: you mean the game they have extremely heavy amounts of investment in giving that supreme mantle's office taking the on the sydney the swans crazy uh... <laughs> crazy um i'm sorry donnie i'm sorry swans fans um but shout out to flag mantle because i'm riding with you boys this weekend Hell yeah, let's go, Frio! Um, because it's I mean, it, it's kind of hard because Fremantle might well just be the better team than Sydney. It Also, doesn't help that you're heading into the uh, prison known as Optus Stadium, and um, Fremantle doesn't do a whole lot of losing there, especially this season.
1: Oh boy, this is this is one of those. I thought about it and I thought, can Sydney pull the upset? And I think, I, I honestly, I believe they can. I'm gonna tip against it, and again, I kind of, I'll play both sides. I I play both sides of the coin here a little bit when it comes to my tipping because I do this. I do this a lot. If I'm pretty darn sure that talent-wise, it's it's even. I think this is an even game talent-wise. I think it's going to come down to intangibles, effort, pressure, goal accuracy, and I think Optus Stadium, Fremantle, much more used to the confines. Sydney has played Optus pretty well. So I think this is a close game. I think Fremantle wins this, but I think this could be game. This potentially could be game of the round because I think this comes down late in this one. I just hope it's not another Nat Five kicking a goal late to burn us again, potentially, which (laughs) which has happened before. Again, Fremantle, Fremantle fans, I'm tipping. I'm tipping you because I just think there's just a little too much there. But again, I will be, I will be king for Sydney. I again, it's, it's a no lose situation. Sydney wins. I'm happy, even though I missed the tip. If I get the tip, right? Well, I get the tip, right? So,
0: <laughs> exactly. So, so, I mean, you, come, you both play both side, sides, you both sides come of the fence
1: top. here a little bit.
0: <laughs> oh, you cheater, but it's okay. We still love. Yeah. Um, this next one, I really could overthink this and say that West Coast is going to win. But I'm also just not going to overthink this one. And say that Hawthorne is a good enough team to, to not lose, um, to, to the West Coast. It's even though, not- like, like I said, West Coast is a better team, different <laughs> Team. We, uh,
1: it, it's not overthinking in some situations because they have gotten a lot of that skill and talent back. Mm. But it's the fact that it's a, it, if this was an Optus Stadium, I probably would tip West Coast, legitimately, mm. because I think being at home. They play much better. On the road, they get the yips. Even even as talented as this team is, even when they were full strength, they get the yips going on the road. They just don't like Marvel. They don't like coming east. They don't like playing at Melbourne Cricket Ground. Hawthorne plays it well. I think what Sam Mitchell is doing, it has a lot of positive merit as the the wind the win loss record may not be great, but I think there's a lot of there's a lot of development in some of this young talent And I think we kind of see the future of this young Hawthorne team continue to grow. West Coast, again, they're out of it. They don't like to travel. They kind of start whinging whenever they have to travel sometimes over the east. So I'm going to tip Hawthorne in this one. But again, like a couple of them, this, again, has the possibility that West Coast could go in and get a win. Because with their talent back, they have the talent to be in this game.
0: And uh second to last game we got going on this round is um some updated news um for Donnie just in case you have not seen this one um Clayton Oliver will not be suiting up this round to take no, on the Port he has power.
1: a in his thumb. Yeah.
0: Uh, Melbourne's going to play it safe and uh, yeah, which I, is really smart. smart going to make one, but now make it's finals. official.
1: Why waste you all? Know, I, I kind of. Exactly. I, I. There are people. talking. Well, it's official. About it.
0: So so I'm still breaking news. <laughs> I'm still important. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, um, it's
1: it's a, it's official from the club. But I think it, I think it was pretty a much.
0: this is Really interesting game, Donnie. Because you, I had some thoughts going to this one. You really swayed me before we started recording. Um, Melbourne is, you know about a dollar favorite about 93% of the tipsters are going with them, but Port Adelaide has an incredible chance to win this game. Um, I will go with the D's, but I'm not feeling 100% confident in that pick by any stretch of the imagination.
1: Oh, this is, this is literally the game that I sat and I thought 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 about because no Clayton Oliver are gone and Jackson still underdone. It's up at Tio State, it's up at Tio Stadium up in Alice Springs, so you know the weather and the humidity and everything like that is going to affect this game, which is going to make it more of a slugfest, which I think brings Port Adelaide closer into it because it's not about talent, it's about effort and it's about um mm-hmm. execution. I- I'm going to tip Melbourne, but again, this is I-, I swear I've said this on almost every single game. I could see this going the other way. I, I can see how Port playing well again. An underdone Jackson, an underdone gone, gives Finlayson much more of a chance in it. Some of the for, the forwards for Port Adelaide are starting to kind of find their way. You've got a really solid defensive unit that I think is not going to be troubled too much by the lackluster mm-hmm. forward line that has been Melbourne this season. Port is in this. This is this is going to come down to fourth quarter execution. I think whatever team kicks the least amount of behinds I think will win this game because this is going to come down to skill error and goal accuracy. I'm going to tip Melbourne in this one just because I think when you've got Petraca, you've got Oliver, you've got gone. Again, Oliver may not be playing, but still, this is a very talented Melbourne team. They're going to be buoyed a little bit with some of the play. I don't think the loss to Geelong is as negative as some people have kind of made it. Melbourne is still Mm. a very good footy team this is a port team that if they want to make finals they can't lose this one and, and it's really weird mm-hmm. to say that you got to beat the defending premiers <laughs> to make finals but you were you were a game back from richmond you you this is a great opportunity to stamp yourself as a potential finals you can't lose this one which is really weird to say so unfortunately i think if port loses this they, they find themselves not making the finals this year i'm gonna tip melbourne but port is in this one with a crack for sure
0: Absolutely. And the last uh, give of the round is going to be a really interesting one. Um, one that I have pretty good confidence on that this team totally won't backstab me after all the hype I've been giving them, especially <laughs> today. Um, Gold Coast. Taking on Essendon, I'm going with the Suns in this one. Betting-wise, this is almost a pick 'em game. Uh, 53% of tippers are going with the Suns over at Marvel Stadium. It'd probably be a little bit different um, numbers if this was at Metricon. But uh, it is not, unfortunately. We're going with the other M. I'm still confident. Gold Coast. Hey, we're, we're finals all the way, baby. I'm riding with them. Ride or die.
1: All right. My, mine's got 60-40. And um, with the team I'm picking, that's the Gold Coast Suns, again, i I take a, I kind of grain of salt a little bit the loss of Brisbane because I'm again I just don't think I don't think Essendon played as good a game as people thought they did. I think mm-hmm. Brisbane played a little bit down to them. I think this was a game where Essendon kind of caught Brisbane at just the right time. They're playing just good enough footy to get a win. And a lot of people are kind of jumping on this, like, Essendon's back. Essendon's kind of found it. I'm like, compared to the way Gold Coast is playing, Essendon is not back. Essendon still has issues. They still have some things they need to fix. I just think Gold Coast is playing such good footy. There's such positive momentum. You get a jump after this one. I'm going to tip Gold Coast, even at Marvel Stadium, because I think the flat deck roof there, it's going to help out Gold Coast talent. Because Isaac mm-hmm. Rankin didn't play in that game against Richmond. They still won it. Isaac Rankin should be back, which gives them a that much more dynamic player on the wing and on the forward line. I'm going to tip Gold Coast in this one.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's a sure to be a very interesting round when it comes to scoreboards, and especially when it comes to ladder movement. But that's going to wrap us up for our tips for round 18 of the AFL season and that's also going to do it for us for our breakdown of round 17 of the season so far. Um, let's know your thoughts. We covered a, a wide uh, assortment of topics today. Let's know, is uh, Buddy Franklin out on Sydney? Um, is Jason or Francis Hatcher going somehow stick along with North Melbourne? How do you feel about the Gold Coast Suns making it all the way to the finals this year? And who? Kind of had the biggest redemption arc over the last couple of weeks, but Donnie, your thoughts in one word or phrase on your favorite villain to to good guy redemption arc story? <laughs>
1: oh, jeez! <laughs> All just kind of depends. And like, I'm, 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 gonna, I'm gonna go old school a little bit, show my age a little bit. I was, I was always. Redemption. I, I was, as a kid, I always loved Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and the, the the bounce back between the Shredder and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was always always yes. fascinating to me. So I, I was I was a kid of the I was a kid of the late eighties, early nineties. So so the 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 fight between <laughs> Shredder and eventually Krang and all of all the craziness that was that towards the mm-hmm. end of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, both the the animated version, and eventually the live action versions, and the eight Maybe million the greatest remakes of the live action in all time of all
0: time. <laughs> the live action THP. Oh yeah. Turtles.
1: Well, the first ones were <laughs> great. Like the first ones were great. Those those early nineties early nineties ones in New York were absolutely fantastic. I, I got to say those those were great. So those were always my favorite arc stories. Those, those, the ninja ones. It was, it was the boy, the boy in me, the fighting, and all that type of stuff. So heck yeah, yeah. So teenage mutant ninja turtles and, and the shredder was always my favorite.
0: There is an answer for you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let me know in uh, in the comments if you thought we were going to be talking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in this episode. I can guarantee <laughs> that you were not. We'll have to throw that one on the fourth long bingo um, because that's a sure going to uh, help you guys get a little bit closer to Blackout. Um, but, of course, uh, thank you so much for tuning in, especially if you are one of, the, um, one of the lucky few that were able to catch that amazing reference by sticking until the end. Of course, you can find all of our stuff over at the YouTube spotify apple Podcasts, rumble all that fun stuff we're on social media on twitter instagram i spend way too much time on it donnie spends um not nearly as much time on uh as i do on it and i am jealous of course you can find uh us over at fourth along media on both platforms and coach hess 40 over on both platforms as well or find all of our amazing stuff over at the fourth and long.com that's going to do it for us this week ladies gentlemen go out um and but keep an eye on your Shredder because you never know when they're going to go crazy well. Am I throwing a Teenage internal Ninja Turtles reference and mixing it with the Transformers reference? You're damn right I did. We'll see you guys next round.